listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'd like to have you meet one of my close friends. His name is Doug Went. Now, Doug is the co-founder and chief growth officer of Went Partners. Now, we've had him on this podcast before, and he lives in New York and works in the New York, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, Washington markets. He developed Went Partners, which is a business growth consulting model through nearly 25 years of experience across the professional services, enterprise software, electronics, aerospace, and quality systems fields, including worldwide management of new product launches, channel sales, and technology marketing. I'd like for you to meet my close friend, Doug Went. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. And it is Doug Day. Doug Day. Thank Doug you, Scott. Day. I'm Doug, by the way, and I'm happy to be here. And with Doug. that introduction, I am feeling so pumped now. You are. Doug, we're talking about tools and technologies to enhance growth. Yes. Thank you for joining us. And happy to be here. So as you all know, we're in a health crisis. And yes. We're, we're talking about adapting to all that. It's new world of selling. One thing I remember you said was that every sales is inside sales now. Right. All sales is inside sales. Right all now. sales That's is correct. inside sales. And if you don't know what that means, it means you have to talk to people on the phone or Skype That's or right. well, actually not Skype. That's so 2016. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. Right. Right, Zoom or or Microsoft Teams. That's right. Does anybody and now use Skype? Google's trying to build Hangouts into the next big technology. Yes. Yeah, but just like Google Plus, right? It's probably not going to be around. It's probably not. That's correct. <laughs> so tell Google us, Doug. negative. Yes, sir. So anyway, so those of you that don't know Doug, he's an awesome guy, and he is super smart, and he knows a lot about a lot. I'm someone that I know a lot about a little. Sometimes I know a little about a lot, but he knows a lot about a lot. And Doug. We're going to tap into your uber smarts here for consulting to professional services organizations and B2B people. What are some of your initial thoughts related to tools and technologies enhancing growth? So that's a great question, Scott. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share some thoughts on this. Et cetera, Um, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) The first thing to understand is that in order to use tools and technologies effectively, you first have to have a process. Without a process... There's no point in using tools and technologies because you'll just use them in an undisciplined and disorganized manner. And as anyone who's spent any time with any business software knows, the more inaccurate information you put into the tool, all the tool does is exponentially spread that misinformation around. So it is essential to have a process and a disciplined approach to your sales activity. doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to incorporate every technique and model and resource available. It has to be consistent and it has to be flexible enough that you can adjust, for example, in this environment. Okay. And we've talked a little bit about discipline and process before, you know, understanding who your best fit client is and who they are not, understanding what are the key factors that qualify a prospect as a good fit for your business. What are the primary needs or problems that they have that you're trying to address so that you're presenting solutions to problems, not just pitching stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Because this is the era of the problem-solving salesperson. Pitching solutions to problems. What are some examples of that? When you say pitching a solution, what does that mean exactly? So 
The difference between offering a solution and pitching a product or service, I'll give you an example from our own business. If we just say, hey, we've got all these tools and technologies and and strategies to help you sell and market better, okay, the question is, well, is that my priority right now? Okay, and actually we're having a lot of conversations with companies who are saying, well, growth is my priority, but right now I'm redefining growth as making sure that we find new business at the same speed as we may be losing business or, okay, because some people are not experiencing that, they're experiencing a more positive you know, environment mm-hmm. and they are focusing on pivoting. Maybe they were focused, you know, their plan for 2020 was to enter the hospitality market really strong and now they realize they need to pivot to a different market. Okay, so that's an example. Uh, another example of offering a solution is to understand that some companies are looking at things more from a risk perspective as opposed to from a sales perspective. So our language now in our own sales activities talks about as much about managing risk as it does about selling growth. Those are examples of how we are trying to solve problems. So solving problems really means understanding where the customer's mind is at and guiding a conversation around that. You know, And you can guide it through marketing. You can guide it through direct outreach. But one way or the other, it has to be a meaningful conversation that helps them where they're at. So there's a big debate right now. Is this a good time to sell? Is this a terrible time to sell? To me, that's an irrelevant question. We're in business. We always have to sell. The question is not, is this a good time to sell? The question is, is this a good time to sell the way you've been selling? Mm. Okay. Understanding that now sets the stage for tools and technologies to actually have a meaningful impact. So, so tell me about that then. When you say tools and technologies, are you talking about screwdrivers, nail guns? Uh, what kind of tools are we talking about here? Yes, all the things that are in your garage that you've purchased <laughs> but don't know how to use. Exactly. To my clients in uh, <laughs> my next meeting. So yeah. we're talking primarily about digital technologies, and they really fall into a couple key categories. Okay. The primary or central piece, which we talked a little bit about before, is what most people call CRM software. I actually Mm -hmm. tend to refer to it as business relationship management. You know, the official name of the category is customer relationship management software. Customer, right, right. Right. Customer relationship management or CRM. In reality, it's not just for managing current customers, it's for managing prospective customers, business partners, referral partners, all of that. Et cetera. Yep. Etc. So I refer to it strategically speaking as business relationship management. And having an effective tool for CRM at the core is an essential first step. Mm-hmm. Without a CRM, and I think we talked about this briefly before in our last discussion, you know, the average person can track 30, maybe up to 50 at most business relationships you know, in Excel spreadsheets or on paper cards or, you know, in their, in their day planner or on their phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. None of us should be limiting ourselves to that horizon. Okay. And by the way, if you are, if you're a strategic account executive and you're working, you know, to close business in 10 named accounts, you know, like Dell or PepsiCo or something like that, you have a hundred people at each of those companies you need right. to be talking to. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we all need to be managing a large and complex range of business relationships, customer right. relationships, prospects, all that list we just gave. So you need a, a CRM tool in place. This is a tool that you can update from your phone, that you can update on your computer, 
that captures not only that Rolodex type of information, but also relationships between people and between companies. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I know who can't quickly determine how many different contacts their company has at another business. Okay. Because if the contacts are in a database, they're just listed as contacts. They're not connected to a single company record. And, or in most cases, it's not even that sophisticated a problem. It's because five different people in the business have five different lists of contacts in their personal outlook and on their phone app and everything else. And they literally have to have a conference call or a Zoom meeting to discuss who do we all know at Unilever? And that would be a 20-minute discussion that would still end with people scratching their heads and saying, I think I know a guy who knows a guy. Let me get back to you. Okay, so this is what happens when you don't have tools. So you have to have a customer relationship management, or as I call it, business relationship management system at the core. That is the centerpiece. So let me ask you this. So if we are going to, we are in Doug's business garage. We are opening up the toolkit. We see front and center the, and tell me what you say. It's not CRM. What do you call it again? Uh, the category is CRM, but I like to call it business relationship management. The BRM. The BRM. You got it. All right. Uh, the BRM. So the business relationship yes. management system mm-hmm. that is at the epicenter. What are the tools? Kind of like a real, real high right. level perspective. What are the tools we're going to see in your garage? So then surrounding that in the toolbox. So think of the toolbox as a stack that we're building on. Okay. And the foundation is the CRM. Then there are tools that are important for sales and there are tools that are important for marketing. And I'll also add customer support to that equation. Okay. Okay. So it's important to define in a nutshell for small and medium-sized firms, the difference between sales and marketing. Because in today's world, it's kind of hard to answer that question. It's not nearly as simple as it was 20 years ago. Right, right. The best way to think about it is marketing is one-to-many communication and sales is one-to-one communication, Mm -hmm. okay? The reason that I like that phrasing is, guess what? It's all communication. Right. And the great irony of business growth is that business growth, at the end of the day, is about communicating effectively and consistently and regularly and creatively. And the hardest thing for most people to do is communicate. Right. Okay. Either because they're just afraid of it or because they have a lot of reactive issues they have to respond to. You know, the day gets busy. So now that I've said this, what are these tools? What do they look like? So I'm going to talk a little bit about sales next, Scott, because a lot of people are familiar with marketing technology, at least generally speaking. They have some kind of idea. It has to do with websites and social media and, you know, Google searches and stuff like that. When we talk about sales technology, you get a lot more blank stares. And I actually think for a lot of people, sales technology is really where the bang for the buck is at first. Like if I were to take a next step, it would be sales technology. And the other reason that's important is because marketing is ineffective if you've got a lousy sales process. So let's use the sales technology to help discipline the sales process. So I'll give you some examples. A lot of people in the technology industry refer to this as sales acceleration, okay, or sales enablement. So some examples are, and I'll use examples of tools that we use. We have a tool that allows me, when I'm looking at someone's email, to instantly see all of the data from their CRM record without leaving my email system, okay? We have another resource that allows us to automatically see LinkedIn profile information. 
And I can know whether or not I'm connected to that person on LinkedIn. Because by the way, LinkedIn is the biggest unsung hero of B2B business development in this era. I've heard of it. I've heard of LinkedIn before. heard vaguely about it, right? Okay. (laughs) And then other tools that can help me get over the hump of communicating with people. Email templates that I can use. Now, you know, you think of a template as, well, fill in the blanks. But what if a template can fill in its own blanks and then have you customize for an individual person? Right. Okay. That relies on the CRM data. So if I have industry-specific information, if I have details on the size of the company, number of employees, what technologies they're using, other information that might be important to my sales process, okay, then I can tailor my template. So by the time I actually send that email to a person, it's not a template at all. It's a highly customized communication. Right. And the reason that a template is useful in that context isn't because we're trying to cheat the business of creating really meaningful communication. It's actually the opposite. If I sit down and write personal emails to people without any resources to support me, the first one's going to be the absolute gift of all emails. And then (laughs) the next one's going to be a little bit less. And by the time I get through five of them, it's going to be an hour. I'm going to be exhausted. And I'm going to start just ripping through saying, hey, what's up? Let's talk. (laughs) And literally, that's what happens because we're human. So what using these tools can help you do is sustain the sophistication and the precision and the customization, okay? So say that again, the what and the what? The sustain, the uh, sophistication, systemization, and customization. Wait, these are multi-syllable words. I was going to say, I'm trying specifically to use words that I know will befuddle you. (laughs) Send me to the dictionary again, Doug. Send me the dictionary. All right. So we're trying to make the communication sophisticated and strategic. Mm -hmm. So if I want to communicate with my good friend, Scott, who runs a, not just a recruiting firm, but a legal recruiting firm, not just a legal recruiting firm, but a legal recruiting firm, largely focused on lateral partner transitions and not just a legal recruiting firm, largely focused on lateral partner transitions, but with specific expertise in serving the AMLAW 100 Mm -hmm. and with a good percentage of its business in the Northeast, although I know you serve clients nationwide. We're we're everywhere since the crisis, which which is good. It's a good Yes. But if I was going to communicate with you, the more of that information I can rely on to customize my communication, the more useful our dialogue is going to be. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, so I want to know what tools, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to open up that toolbox a little bit more under the sales section. What sort of tools am I going to see there? Sure. So another huge opportunity is video communication, making it easy to add video into email, okay, and to create individual customized emails for people Uh, or to record a video and send it out. So I'm actually using a combination of sales and marketing tools for that. I'm creating emails that actually I use with individuals, but I'm also repurposing them for wide-scale marketing communication. Okay. Say, but I'll give you a a very micro example. At the beginning of the year, back in January, we had a group of prospects in our sales cycles who, you know, during the holiday season, things slow down and I wanted to re-engage them. Okay. And so I'm talking about 15 people, not 5,000, 15. I created a single video. So I debated creating 15 individual videos. And I'll tell you where I actually do that. After a highly productive sales call, I will send a brief video recap. Okay. 
So okay. do you, let me ask you, do you yes. film that once and that goes to everybody at that point in your funnel or do you do it for each person after you talk with them? So I'm actually, I'm, I'm not communicating clearly. The answer is I've done both. Okay. So in that example from January, we had 15 prospects in the pipeline that we wanted to re-engage. Okay. So they weren't the ones who were like, Hey, what's going on? Let's do business. They were the ones who we had good conversations with. We knew there was discussion and progress. And then it got hard to nail down the post holiday follow-up meeting. Right. So I created one video. Okay. In that case, just one on my mobile phone, in this case, sitting in my car, free COVID. And I sent it, but with an individual email to each person. Right. Okay. So the only thing that wasn't personalized about it, because it was such a small group of people, was their name was not in the video. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it felt very personal. Okay. And of those 15, 12 opened the message and watched the video. And we knew that. Five of them followed up and got back to us within 48 hours. And three of them then immediately scheduled a follow-up meeting. Right. Wow. Okay. So that's pretty darn good results. You move that forward. That's pretty quick. Okay. And then in other cases, in the second example, I'll actually send individual video emails. Hi, Scott. It was great talking with you and with your team. I will just send our formal, you know, bullet point follow-up within the next 48 hours. But I wanted to just take a moment and say thank you for the opportunity. The two things I'm really excited about are working with your team to expand globally and the fact that with our expertise in the legal market and your understanding of the needs of your stakeholders, we can really build a powerful growth strategy for your business. And I look forward to doing that. I'm excited to schedule our next meeting, which I know is tentatively set for next Wednesday. Thanks again, Doug. Boom. Right. Okay. So video email and video communication is a big part of the picture. Okay. Other things that help in the tool, the salesperson's toolbox Mm -hmm. Our integration. What does that mean? So, for example, I use HubSpot as my CRM, okay? And I have a Zoom account. And right now, I invited people to a webinar that I'm hosting later this month. And instantaneously, because those two tools talk to each other, I automatically know in my CRM who signed up for that webinar. Mm -hmm. And... Let's say another member of my team is looking at that record to place a follow-up call. They will know, hey, John signed up for the webinar. So it's having sales intelligence. It's having information. This is great. Do you stay up late at night and think of these ideas? Because this is just absolutely amazing. (laughs) It's exciting to think about how all these tools can work together. And my philosophy is to understand them all, okay, develop, select a strategy and a platform that can let you evolve into them and then implement them in very small numbers. So like if uh, one thing we're working with with the client right now is we're just focusing on a tool called meetings, which is what HubSpot calls it. Other people like use Calendly. There are other tools that do it where you can send a meeting link and have that person schedule a meeting with you. Okay, the reason that I like doing it in HubSpot is, again, it integrates into the customer record. Right, that's great. So when someone schedules a meeting with me using my link, I don't just know because it showed up on my calendar. I get it in my customer record. And by the way, depending on what kind of meeting they schedule, it triggers other workflows. So we have a, a step so in our What's an example process. of that? Give me an yeah, example of that. Absolutely. It's a great, uh, I'm happy to. So we have a step in our sales process called a discovery call. When someone's willing to do a discovery call, it means they meet our pre-qualifying criteria, okay? 
And we've reached them or they've reached out to us and they're willing to spend 20 minutes talking with me about their growth strategy. At that point, we consider that an opportunity. So it goes from a lead to an opportunity. So in our system, when someone uses the link to schedule a discovery call with me, right? Okay, the system automatically generates a sales opportunity and puts it in my sales opportunity deck and fills in their contact information, their company information. It's all right there. Sales opportunity deck. What does that mean? I'm sorry. Inside my CRM system, I can look at my contacts, my companies, my tasks, and I can also look at my deal flow what a lot of people talk, call opportunity management. So show me people who you know are currently in a sales cycle with us at different stages of the process. This is like a full-time job. I well, mean, this is- it can be. So that's why, again, the key is to know about the range of tools right. and, then, and then select a platform that can let yeah, you build yeah. into them, but start with just a few. Right. Okay. So, so let me ask you this, and I'm aware of our time mm-hmm. where I don't want to get too much into this We'll probably have you back on for some of the other tools. So we'll we'll say this is tools and sure. technologies to enhance growth, part one. Then we can do part two later on. You got it. Let's kind of like in five minutes here, we can kind of do a line of demarcation with sales, marketing, and then we can do, what was the other one? Uh, customers? It, so it, at the center was CRM and then yep. surrounding that or building off of it is sales, sales and then yeah. marketing and then addition yeah. tools that can help us maintain and strengthen our customer relationship. Got it. Okay. So what, uh, what would be some other on the sales side here that you think would be good p- for people to know about? Anything that allows you to know people's activity and information. So did they click uh, to download your company's white paper? Did they register for that webinar? Did they view that video? Have they visited our website recently? If so, what were they interested in? So that's intent and information. Another Mm -hmm. thing is using third-party data to help fill in the blanks. What does that mean? So for example, I have a list of 100 companies. I know their physical locations, but I don't know what industries they're in. So I can use a third-party research tool and I can take those records and I can combine them with the data from the other research tool and fill in the blanks. We actually do this for LinkedIn profiles. So when we have contacts in our database that we don't have a LinkedIn profile URL, we use a third-party research tool to take those names, compare them to a list, and then identify the URL from LinkedIn and put it back in. That's yep. called data appending or data enrichment. Yep. Okay. Say that again. It's called what? Depending on who you talk to, it's just a different side of it. Data enrichment makes data sense, enrichment. right? Got We're it. enriching. And technical people will call it data appending because you're appending additional information to yeah. a record. Got right? it. Okay. So think about if we were to use the Rolodex metaphor. Think about if you had a business card in your Rolodex. Right. And on one side is the basic contact information. Right. And on the other side, you'd written all these notes on a little post it note the size of their company, the industry they're in, where their other offices are, who else you knew, what their LinkedIn you know, URL was, anything else. In today's world, that information is what we're trying to find and fill in the blanks for. Got it. So, so let me ask you this, Doug. Let me, let me kind yes, of press sir. pause. You've shared a lot of information. Do companies that you work with, are they, usually larger companies or smaller companies? And do you help them integrate some of the stuff into their protocols? Most of our clients are small to mid-sized companies. Yep. So, you know, I mean, our smallest client right now is a five-person firm. Our Mm -hmm. largest client right now is an 80-person company. Mm -hmm. You know, in other sectors outside professional services, the uh, employee numbers can be all over the map. 
That's right. That's um, right. Where they have 20 in a home office, but they have 200 on the shop floor. So you'll actually um, come in there and put this process on a whiteboard. I'm, I'm guessing like flow it out. Right. And okay, you want to do this here. You want to do that here. You want to have the video over here and kind of help them strategize and bring the process and the technology so that it helps them reach their goals of their funnel. Is that correct? Yes, we actually, the answer is exactly correct, except with an asterisk. The first step in our process is to develop the, the strategy, which is both strategic and tactical. We call it the business growth playbook. Got it. So we first want to understand the business strategy and the brand strategy, the business, where they want to take it, why, mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. chose the markets they think are a good fit. We might want to cross-check that. Are they really a good fit with your capabilities? You know, for example, every business says, hey, we can do great turnaround. You know, we are the fast turnaround experts. Are you really? (laughs) You know, so there's some means testing there to make sure they actually meet the objectives of their own growth strategy. Well, Doug, I I, I I think this is great. And I'm going to commend you for what you're doing. But to answer your very specific question, yes, we implement these tools, but we implement them to execute a strategy that we work with the client to develop. That's the answer. That's awesome. And so, Doug, we're going to put all your information on the show notes. You've given us a lot of information. We'll pick it up with part two, probably. Absolutely. Like like maybe we'll have a a couple of other podcasts here and then have you come back on again talking about tools and technologies to enhance growth part two. And so one thing I'll tell you, Doug, is that you're a smart guy. And one of the things my dad told me was that he said, son, if you want to play better golf, you want to play with golfers who are better than you. So you know what I did? I quit playing golf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and then I picked it back up again and he was That's right. funny. I, I, I become a better golfer and I hang out with smart people like you and I talk and to that's, lawyers. That's why learning. I like to hang out with you too, Scott. Yeah. So this is great. I learn stuff every time I talk to you. I learn stuff every time I talk to my candidates, my clients, and I, and I cherish them all. I cherish your friendship. I think you're doing a great job. I think you're uh, right in the middle of this crisis that we're mm. all in. I think you're giving good advice. And I just want to say thank you for coming on here, Doug. We will have you back on again for the next Doug Day. It'll be the next Doug Day having Doug on, and I know everybody's going to love you. Well, and thank you, you very here. much, Scott. Thank you, I Doug. appreciate it, and it has, as always, been a pleasure, my friend. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon, Doug. Thank you. Got it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.